Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. Nuwana is now on ESPN Radio. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuwana's. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? You can always find it on the Nuwana's Now podcast, which is probably presented by Schulte Law Firm. He had a bad day, car accident, got some legal troubles. JSchulteLaw.com. Also presented by the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Need some new Grizz gear before March Madness starts up? Visit MontanaMStore.com or visit their location in downtown Missoula, corner of Broadway and Higgins. Also, the MSU Bookstore, best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Swing by on campus in Bozeman or visit MSUBookstore.org. And we have a new sponsor on the Nuanas Now podcast, the Jewelry Design Center. Jewelry Design Center is new to Missoula. What an awesome place this is. If you haven't been to their new showroom, it's on uh, 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. The whole concept is they have all sorts of jewelry from some of the top distributors from all over the world, but also you can design any and everything you could possibly dream up. I got my wife's wedding ring made there. I'm currently in the midst of having a wedding band for myself made there as well. Customer service like I've never received before in my life, period. I'm serious. This place is unbelievable when it comes to customer service. But it's also just uh, jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring when you go in there and check out all the things that they have to offer. So go check them out, uh, 2501 Brooks. Across the street from the Montana Club, the Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. Let's take a look at high school uh, results from over the weekend. A heavy emphasis on the classifications that are into the postseason. Make this our prep extra slash our Bitterroot Breakdown. Presented by Farmers State Bank because there is some Bitterroot action to report on, including the Hamilton Brocks. How about a thrilling 73-64 overtime win over Butte Central in the Western A Championship game? Cannon Magnus had 23 points. Cole Dickmore and Jackson Jessup, 17 and 14 each. The Brocks are now 19 and 2 after that overtime victory. These have been two of the best teams in Class A all year long, and they're both going to be big-time contenders in the tournament for sure. That's a big-time win for Hamilton. These two teams have been on a collision course to get to OT and pull it out. Uh, Pretty darn impressive. Owen McPartland for Butte Central had 29 points to lead the way, so uh, tough to, to drop almost 30 in a championship game. But the best news is if you play in the divisional championship game, Okay, you lose it, bummer, don't get the trophy, don't get the title, but you're still going to state. So that's certainly uh, a good consolation prize, and maybe you see that same team uh, on the other side. In the Eastern A boys championship game, 
how about this? It's tough to defeat the heart of a champion. Lewistown, that's Fergus, uh, the Golden Eagles, they're supposed to be rebuilding. They had this awesome senior class that played for the state championship a couple years ago and then won the state championship last year. Royce Robinson took his talents to Montana State. Golden Eagles came into the, the weekend with about a 500 record. And in the East, Billing Central was absolutely the team to beat. The, the Rams came in with just one loss all year long. Well, Lewistown takes down Billing Central 35-34 in the Eastern A Championship game. Max Ray, a team-high 14 points. He also had the go-ahead tip-in with 20 seconds remaining to lift the Golden Eagles. Billing Central is number one in the state in Class A coming into this thing. So that's the third straight division title uh, for Lewistown. They, uh, the Golden Eagles started the season 1-7 and seven after going 24-0 last year. And they've rallied all the way back, and now they're sitting there at 10-11. and 11, But they are the Eastern A Divisional Champions, so pretty darn good. In the consolation of the Eastern A, this means winner goes to state. Glendive beats Haver 64, or excuse me, 67-63. Shan McPherson led all uh, four double-figure scores for Glendive with 12 points, and uh, that's a nice overtime win over Haver uh, for Glendive. We got a bunch of texts over the weekend, including one uh, about this game. This is from uh, a loyal listener. If you'd like to uh, be a part of the conversation, you always can, 406 1029 Text says, good morning, Coulter and Andrew. Heads up on an amazing overtime win for third place in a very young Class A boys uh, team at Glendive. Coach Murphy uh, said uh, post-game that uh, he, he was he had a, a ton of praise, he said, uh, for Glendive's team. I'm paraphrasing this text because it's very long. Um, but appreciate the feedback. Uh, certainly interesting that, that Glendive and Lewistown, two teams with losing records overall, Win, they're winning. They're in uh, games at the Eastern A tournament. So uh, some good stories there for sure. Uh, one of the other texts we received has nothing to do with uh, high school hoops, but we'll we'll read it right now, anyways, just so I don't forget. I said last week, Coulter accidentally said Montana does not have collegiate wrestling. Actually, MSU Northern and Providence both have wrestling programs, and Providence also has women's. I am remiss to not mention that, of course, the Northern Lights have an excellent wrestling program, nationally reputable up there in Haver. So um, thank you for the correction. Always like to make sure we got all our facts straight. I guess I, what I meant was the Division One schools don't have wrestling, but certainly uh, MSU Northern, a great uh, wrestling program. The um, other results to report on, first of all, let's get to some Class A uh, girls' results. The Eastern A Came all the way down to it again. How about three overtime games in the Eastern A? That's pretty impressive. But Haver beats Miles City 61-59 in overtime. Ariana Gray had 17 points for the Blue Ponies, who are now the three-time defending Eastern A champions. Amaya Jarvis had 15, and Ella Harbor had 11 Allie Glasscock had 13 to lead uh, Miles City. The highlights of this and some of the big shots hit down the stretch by the Blue Ponies, actually both sides, but especially Haver, uh, pretty darn impressive. The consolation of the Eastern Day, Billing Central beats Lockwood 
uh, 59-49. Western A, Big Fork. Man, they were so good last year in Class B, running the table, winning the Class B championship. Now they're up in Class A. Hasn't deterred them whatsoever. They beat Frenchtown 41-29 for the Western A championship. The Valkyries now 20-1. and Braden Gunlock, who I think is one of the best players in the state. She's a Division I caliber talent. She had 17 points to lead the Valkyries. And uh, Sadie Smith, 14 points, 12 rebounds uh, for the Bronx, who are also uh, headed to state as well. The consolation of the Western A, uh, Dylan beats Browning, 49-38, to punch their ticket uh, as well. Western B, it's Noah's Dow, by the way, ESPN Radio. It's our uh, prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Western A, excuse me, the Western B uh, divisional was in Pablo up there uh, at the Sailors Kootenai College. How about the Anaconda girls? They were really good for a really long time this year, and then they had a little bit of a, a dip, and they got drilled by Loyola a couple weeks ago. Well, then they get a rematch with the Breakers, and they beat them in overtime. Are you, are you sensing the theme here? A lot of overtimes in this uh, high school action. Anaconda, 64. Missoula Loyola, 59. McKenna Patrick, who definitely was the best, one of the best prospects in the state last year. Then she blew out her knee. She's back. She had 21 points. And Mila Mitchell also had 21 points. Copperheads overcame a 34-21 halftime deficit to send it to overtime. And then they won the overtime period 9-4. to So very, very impressive effort there. Uh, Giovanna Horner, who's uh, a gal we've talked about a lot on this show. She had another great game for the Breakers. She had 18 points. Boy, Ola loses in overtime. But don't be surprised if those teams uh, square off again because both of them headed to state. Florence, uh, they beat St. Ignatius 53-43 in the consolation. So Falcons uh, also fighting their way to uh, the next round of the uh, Class B postseason. In the Western B, boys... This Loyola team is it's it's just it's almost unfair. Nothing in life is fair and nothing in sports is fair. So you can't say it's not fair, but they they are just an absolute powerhouse. Loyola won their first round game in this divisional by 70. By 70. <laughs> Most high school teams don't even score 70. They won by 70. Well then they get all the way down to the uh the championship, and they beat Anaconda 73-20. to Anaconda, we talk about uphill sled. Anaconda's got like 19 wins this year. They're really good. They've been great. They got all the way to the championship of this tournament, and they keep running into Loyola and just getting smacked. It seems like it's going to be just a, a coronation here for the Rams, and we'll see if that remains true. Nothing in life's guaranteed. Nothing's fair, but... This Loyola team is just so stacked, top to bottom, 73-20 to 20 over Anaconda. Loyola enters the state tournament with an average margin of victory of 37 points. They only had one single-digit win all year, and that was over Class A Haver, who, if you're paying attention, is also very good, and a classification above. So they're, uh, they're off to a 22-0 start, Loyola is. They had 10 players score 
in this game, including 23 points for Easton Stack. Jamo Kendrick had 16. Reynolds Johnson had 11. Declan Harrington had 7. So Loyola's offensive barrage continues. Our league got upset uh, early in the tournament, but they rally back. They get a 65-57 win over Eureka. Ben Harlow Oldperson paved the way for Arlie with 18 points, and Jake Knoll had 16. The Warriors now officially a 20-win team, and they're headed to state. So uh, that's pretty cool. Keep their season alive. Let's talk some Class C. Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the uh, ESPN MT app. Northern C, great job by Belt to hold Box Elder in check a little bit. I mean, Box Elder... Box Elder, I, I don't know if this is a, uh, I can't confirm this as an official stat, but just as somebody that follows this stuff each and every weekend, I think that they've probably scored 90-plus more than any other team in the state. Off the top of my head, I believe that they're one of the only teams that scored 100 multiple times. So for Belt to hold Box Elder to 54, <laughs> that's pretty good. But uh, Box Elder still beats Belt 54-45 for the Northern Sea Championship. Trayson Gilet, who we've talked about a ton this year, he is uh, just absolutely filling it up. He's got so many 30- and 40-plus-point games. He had 31 in this one. And uh, Box Elder, they moved to 23-0 and with their uh, nine-point victory over Belt. But both those teams uh, moving on and win at grass range. They beat CJI, that's Chester Joplin Inverness, uh, 54-52. So, uh when at Grass Range keeps their season alive as well. Western C, Manhattan Christian dominant over Harrison. They win 63-38 in the championship. Christian Trimstra and Mason Venema, 19 and 17 points respectively. The Eagles are now 22-1. and So Manhattan Christian looks like uh, at least one of the teams to beat in Class C. But uh, both them and Harrison moving on, as is West Yellowstone. They earned a 57-55 win over St. Regis uh, in overtime. Some Class C on the girls' side. This is just Saturday's results. Northern C, Roy Winifred gets past Denton, Geyser, Stanford, Geraldine. That's a lot of towns making up one little co-op. But I'm glad they're doing it. Glad they still have opportunities for those uh, young people to play sports. But Roy Winifred wins 46-38 over uh, we'll call them DGSG. <laughs> Four different towns in, in one high school co-op. 46-38, uh, Roy Winifred's the Northern Sea Champion in girls basketball. Laney Illness has 18 points and 8 rebounds to lead the way. Outlaws are 18-3. and three. Big Sandy, uh, they also stay alive with a 46-45 win over CJI. Alex Worrell's layup with 19 seconds to go is the difference for Big Sandy to keep their season alive. Western Sea, Twin Bridges, uh, all over White Sulphur Springs in the championship game. Allie Dale, tw- 30 points for the now 20-1 and Falcons. 59-34, Twin Bridges beats White Sulphur Springs. And then the consolation of the Western Sea, West Yellowstone stays alive with a 45-35 win over Sealy Swan. Ari Spence, 16 points to lead uh, West Yellowstone. So that's your Saturday results from uh, over the weekend, from all the various different uh, divisional tournaments. A lot of good storylines going. A lot of great programs. I do mean programs. I think it's it's fascinating to see somebody like Fergus, for example, have a really tough start to the year, but then when it gets to postseason time, 
get it rolling. Uh, you always know the Haver girls are going to be there during tournament time. This Loyola storyline on the boys' side is is certainly one that we've been captivated by all year just because they've just been so utterly dominant. Uh, basically, not basically, in every game, especially in every uh, Class B game that they've played so far this year. So uh, certainly a lot to... A lot to analyze. Uh, I'm looking. I'm getting most of this information from 406MT Sports. You can always uh, visit them, and they have all sorts of awesome information uh, on there. I was trying to get the the bracket loaded up here for the Northern B because that was not on the recap I was reading. So Northern B um, tournament from over the weekend. This was played up in Malta on the boys' side. Fairview beats Poplar 54-52. So both those teams go into state. And then Glasgow uh, beats Malta 70-68. to So a couple nail-biters, two-point games down the stretch uh, in the uh, the Northern B boys side. Don't seem to find any results for the Northern uh, B girls side. We gave you – oh, here, here we go. Here's some, here's some Northern B. That's upcoming. That's why. I was wondering why it was bumped down. So the Northern B uh, girls' side starts on Thursday, February 29th. So uh, we'll have some results from that as they come down the pipe. I was wondering why is it all the way down at the bottom? How uh, Southern B? That's one we didn't get to. We're just playing roulette here on the the computer. Okay, yeah, Southern B doesn't start until this upcoming weekend as well. So that's why that's why those weren't on there. So we still have upcoming. Northern B girls in Malta, Southern B boys and girls at the Metra in Billings. Those both start Wednesday. Eastern Sea boys and girls, Glasgow starts Wednesday. And then Southern Sea boys and girls from Miles City starts on Wednesday as well. So uh, all of those tournaments that we gave you are the ones that are in the books. And we got a whole nother set uh, upcoming as well. So fun time of year when it comes to high school hoops here uh, in the state of Montana. So I was down ESPN Radio. It's our prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Harbor State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. We'll give you the best of the best with Treasure State ties when it comes to the Big Sky Indoor Track and Field Championships from over the weekend in Spokane. That's next. Keep it right here. It's Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah. but we can facilitate that. <laughs> right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Welcome back. No, honest doubt. ESPN Radio, Sound Garden for you here on the other side. Hope you have a great start to your week. Thanks for watching if you're watching on SWX Montana Television. And uh, thanks for streaming. If you're using the ESPN MT app, you want to be a part of the show, you always can. 
888-1029. That's 888-1029. Now, here's something for you. I do not have a dog, nor do I particularly want one, but so many of you do. I actually read, I don't know if this is still a statistic that's true, but uh, within the last couple of years, both Missoula and Bozeman ranked in like the top 20 nationally per capita dogs in the the city. Dog to person ratio, right? So if I had a dog, here's what I'd do. You don't want to spend all your time on the weekends shoveling up all the poop, right? So I would call the Montana Pooper Scoopers. They have been serving Missoula and the surrounding area for almost 20 years, since 2006. You can visit MontanaPooperScoopers.com for more information on their weekly cleanups that are that help you free up your time and your yard. Montana Pooper Scoopers offers weekly dog waste removal services for businesses and families at a price anyone can afford. Visit MontanaPooperScoopers.com. Big Sky Indoor Track and Field Championships played out in Spokane. It was hosted by Eastern Washington, but they, they had it at the, the stadium. Uh, that's actually what the venue is called, is The Stadium. Uh, good venue. And uh, a lot of fun and good performances. As we set off the top, and I'll reemphasize, the, it, you don't ever say that sports is futile because you never know what's going to happen in sports. But the, the level of catastrophe that would have to happen in a track meet for a huge upset to happen when when the the gap is so far it's it's tough because Northern Arizona's men for example they're the number one team in the United States of America for a reason they have 31 count them 31 athletes that are in the top 40 in their respective events that that's how you, i mean if you are sending 3 to 5 Athletes to the national meet out of the Big Sky every year, you're doing so awesome. If you're sending ten, you're you're dominating like Northern Arizona has over the last uh, handful of years or even decade plus. If you're sending thirty one, that's it's nuts. That's how you truly make a run at a national championship, though, in indoor track and field. So that's where we're at with NAU. Uh, it just it seems like uh, a fool's errand. When you're analyzing from a team race perspective, only because you can be so good and still not be even close to NAU. That said, that's so that's what we're going to settle upon with this, right? Is that okay? We know that Northern Arizona is unbelievably dominant when it comes to particularly distance running, cross country, but also now pretty much across the board. So we know that that they're it's not even that they're the team to beat. They're just the team that you're probably not gonna beat, right? But then you're talking about the rest of the, the field and great performances by a bunch of athletes from Montana, but also great performances uh by just the Montana State teams in general. And they use Men piled up 190 points. That is 71 more than Montana State. But Montana State scored 50 more than third place Idaho. So the Cats are basically on an island all their own. They're dominating the rest of the Big Sky Conference in men's track and field. And they're nowhere close to NAU. And it's not 
It's not that it's a uh, anything that's the fault of Montana State. I just don't know how you catch the number one team in the country. Then you look at the women's scores, almost as lopsided. NAU's women score 204 points. That is nearly 100 points more than Montana State's 107. But the Bobcats have nearly 40 points more than third place Idaho State. For those wondering where the Grizzlies finished, the Montana men finished in fifth and the Montana women finished in ninth. So how do we get here? Here's some of your top finishers from the Big Sky Indoor uh, Track and Field Championships. Last week, we were uh, graced with the presence of Shelby Schwain. She's a Missoula Sentinel graduate who's competing now at Montana State. What a great story she is. She started her... Well, first of all, she's a track phenom at Missoula Sentinel. She was on their championship teams there for the Spartans. Our good buddy Craig Mettler, friend of the show, uh, he was the head coach then there at Sentinel, and they had a, an awesome run. Ashley McElmurray, who's now at Nebraska competing, Lauren Hagan, who's now at Washington competing, and, of course, Shelby Schwade. They went back-to-back in girls' track in the AA level. Schwade, though, decided to go compete for her mother, Shannon, for the Lady Grizz. But then she suffered multiple knee injuries, never actually played a minute for the Lady Grizz basketball team. Looked like her career was probably going to be tragically over. Well, she resurfaces, transfers to Montana State, and she's been competing there for MSU for the last two years and trying to get healthy, trying to get healthy. Well, she got healthy. And she put it all together, and she was the Big Sky Indoor Champion in the Pentathlon on Thursday. So if you missed that interview on Friday's show, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Wonderful interview. You can just tell the joy and pride she had in her voice. I just love stories like that. You come back from from such devastation that, you, for, by all accounts, your, your, your sporting career should just be over. And it wasn't, and not only is it not over, just her coming back and competing is a great story. Her coming back and winning a gold medal is amazing. It's epic. Truly awesome. Super cool. So she was, Schwain was, one of four champions for the Bobcats over the weekend at the Big Sky Indoors. Nicola Paletti, who is from Italy, he was the men's champion in the heptathlon, so the Bobcats sweep the heptathlon and the pentathlon, so the multi-events back in a big way there at MSU. Colby Wilson... Big Sky uh, record holder in the pole vault. He continued his winning ways. He won the indoor championship in the pole vault as well. He's got an outdoor championship and a bunch of outdoor records. And then Jet Grundy was the champion in the 400 meters. I got to tell you, prophetic by his parents <laughs> that uh, they named the, the young man Jet, and he's a, a champion sprinter. It's a, it's a bold move to name your son that, but then also pretty cool when he becomes, you know, Elite fast like that. So that's that's your four champions there on the Bobcat side. Other podium placers for MSU, Ben Perrin, who's a, a Kalispell product, a guy who's joined this show before. He got runner-up finish in the 3,000-meter steeplechase. This was a, an awesome race to watch. The jockeying from these guys was so impressive. For Ben Perrin and Rob McManus to go 2-3 in this race uh, really showed a lot of guts. And also just helped them solidify that second place as a team. Perrin also placed third in the 5,000 meters. So, um, I mean, he's the, he's the guy that's bearing the torch for Montana State. You talk about you're going against the best distance core in the country. I mean, I'd be willing to bet NAU has at least one, maybe multiple future Olympians on their, their distance core. So to be Ben Perrin and be... 
right there alongside those NAU guys and, and get a silver medal in the 3,000 meters and a uh, bronze medal in the 5,000 meters. Super impressive. So is McManus getting third in the 3,000 as well. So MSU's distance core is is competing. They're, they're, they're hanging tough sometimes with, with NAU's. Other places for the Bobcats, Jane Wolf, who's the all-class record holder in the 100 meters out of Billings West. Uh, she gets a runner-up in the 60 meters. Carolyn Hawks gets a runner-up in the 400 meters on the women's side. Destiny Nakinye, I think is how you say it. She was the runner-up in the triple jump for MSU. Ian Fosdick was a third-place finisher in the triple jump. And then Macy Brown, who was the reigning Big Sky Athlete of the Week coming into the indoor championships. She gets third place uh, in the uh, the pole vault. Here's your placers for uh, the Grits. We'll just uh, we'll stick with the ones that uh, placed high. Erin Wild gets her way on the top of the podium. She's a whitefish product. She wins the high jump. So that was the top finish for the, uh, the Montana women. He also had Ariel Clark finish fourth uh, in the weight throw. And then on the men's side, Cooper Hewitt, 6.72 seconds. That's a school record in the 60 meters. And he also won the first 60-meter championship in Grizz men's track and field history since 1998. So a full generation, 27 years since, uh, 26 years, I guess, since the last time that happened. So pretty big time for Cooper Hewitt. If you haven't seen the video, you should go on either Instagram or Twitter and watch it. His First of all, if you've never watched the 60 meters indoor Indoor track is only 200 meters, so uh, a 400 meters is two laps instead of just one. Obviously, that's pretty simple math. But the 60 is just the straightaway. And when these guys are running, they're going so fast, they basically have to run into a padded wall. And so the finishes are like bang, bang, right? I mean, to put it in perspective, Hewitt won his heat by less than than two-tenths of a second, that's the margin of, of error or the, the margin of victory or defeat. Well, he is just so excited after he wins this race. So that that's uh, the race itself was a great one, but also his reaction, his enthusiasm for the victory was uh, certainly something to watch. You can find that on Twitter and on uh, Instagram as well. The 4 by 400 meter relay uh, came all the way down the wire, and it was really fun uh, at the end of this meet as well. The uh, MSU team, which was anchored by Jet Grundy, they came all the way back and got second. That was also a huge part of them finishing second as a team. Montana's core, uh, they got third in the 4 by 400 This was a really, really fast heat, and that was one of the better finishes for the uh, the Grizz men in this thing. Patrick Kramer also had a nice meet. He finished second in the high jump, 6, 8, and 3 quarters inches. Uh, so he gets on the podium, and... Uh, so here's your top scorers when it comes to the Grizz. Uh, of course, Aaron Wild, who I mentioned, she had 10 points in the uh, in the high jump. So she was the top women's scorer. Brooke Stainer scores five, three in the pentathlon, and two in the high jump. She's a Missoula Sentinel product as well. And uh, Ariel Clark, she also scores five points uh, in the weight throw. And then on the men's side, Jason Upton came in as the third seed in the long jump. Manages to only get eighth, but uh, still scored a point. And then he got second in the triple jump. Excuse me, seventh of the triple jump to score two points. Sorry, I got this thing all, all backwards. Upton was second in the long jump and then seventh in the triple jump. And then, of course, uh, scored some points in the uh, the 60 meters as well. And then Cooper Hewitt with his title in the uh, 
60. And then Patrick Creamer, he gets eight points with his uh, high jump silver medal. So a uh, lot to to unpack there, but uh, always a fun time of year. I love the indoors. They're such a spectacle because you just got event after event. It's really fast-paced. If you've never been to one, I suggest going sometime. If you're a sports fan, it's certainly a, a fun spectator sport. So there you go. That's a broad swath of all the postseason from all around the world of uh, sports in the Treasure State. High school hoops, indoor track and field, and everything in between. You're listening to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I don't know what we're going to talk about on the other side. Freestyling. Coming at you. You're right here. Take you home on your Monday. It's ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. We're back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for tuning in. Hope you're having a great start to your week. If you miss anything in the show, you can always find it on the podcast, probably presented by the Jewelry Design Center, your jewelers for life. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. The MSU Bookstore, visit msubookstore.org. And Schulte Law Firm, visit jschulteilaw.com. We've talked about the... Death is too strong of a word. But the, the utter regression for the financial respect for running backs in the NFL. And if ever there was a symbolic day, today was that day. NFL free agency is ramping up. Adam Schefter had a string of tweets today that were just striking. The New York Giants will try to renegotiate with Saquon Barkley, but they will not tag him as a franchise player, meaning he will not Receive the $12.2 million that a franchise tag running back would receive. They're going to try to negotiate a contract with him to take a pay cut, even though he's 
only in his mid-20s. Josh Jacobs with the Las Vegas Raiders, exact same tweet. Schefter could basically just insert a new name. Austin Eckler with the Los Angeles Chargers, same. He will not be tagged, and there, there's no indication yet that the Chargers are even going to try to re-sign him. Tony Pollard, who's probably the, the, the latecomer to this party in terms of being a breakout stud-type running back for the Dallas Cowboys, also no word if the Cowboys will try to re-sign him or not, but he will also not be tagged. And Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans, also not uh, not getting franchise tagged or re-signed. So what do we make of all of this? Well, it's basic economics, right? That's that's where we're at, is that, okay, when you're in a salary cap sport, we have determined, the NFL has determined, that specific positions have significantly higher value in both rarity and impact in the game and financial investment than other positions. Of course, the top positions in pro football right now are quarterback, offensive tackle, defensive end, and cornerback. Those are the guys that are going to get paid. So then if you're an NFL team that's trying to build a Super Bowl contender, you need to invest in those positions. At least that's the, the blueprint right now. Now let's say you have a Christian McCaffrey or you have a guy like like Derrick Henry. So for example, Derrick Henry Derrick Henry is a great example of how it can all fall apart on you, right? Derrick Henry uh, rushed for about 1,500 yards combined his first two years with the Titans. Then his third year, he becomes the full-time guy. He rushes for 1,059 yards and 12 touchdowns. Then the following year is when they really started feeding the beast. 2019, Derrick Henry had 303 carries for 1,540 yards and 16 touchdowns. The following season, 378 carries for 2,027 yards and 17 scores. The following year, he gets hurt. Shocking that that would happen after a 378-carry season in which he also caught 31 passes, so 400-plus touches in the NFL. I mean, anybody that's listening, you know the NFL. You've seen Derrick Henry. You can't get more physically formidable than that. He's a, he's as physically impressive and put together and big, strong, and mean as you can be as an NFL running back. Well, after the 400-plus touch year, he falls off. He only plays in eight games, but he still almost rushes for 1,000 yards. Then uh, the following year, 350 carries for 1,538 yards, 13 touchdowns. And then last year, struggles with it a little bit as well. Although he did start 17 games, they tried to take the load off of him. A paltry 280 carries, which is still an unreal amount. And Henry still had uh, almost 1,200 yards. What I'm getting at, though, is what does it get you, right? In the short term, like when Derrick Henry had his his big 2,000-yard season, what did the Titans do that year? Well, they were the number one seed in the, in the uh, AFC. They lost to the Bengals in the playoffs, but... They still won some games. But there was to do in the long term. Nothing. Squadoosh. You, the the uh, Titans, Derrick Henry's production has meant very little to their success or lack thereof as a franchise. 
But that's where these running backs are are just they're just up a creek. Josh Jacobs rushes for 1653 yards in 2022, 340 carries. And last year he falls off. He's he's hurt. His his rushing yards go down to 805 yards. But what does it mean for winning? And also, if you're an NFL team, what at the end of the day do you need? You just need the baseline production. So, if you can sign a guy for $12 million a year, that's going to get you, let's say, 100 rushing yards a game. 1,600 rushing yards, like Josh Jacobs had two years ago. $12 million a year. Or, you can take that $12 million, you could sign yourself five minimum salary type of running backs, or, you know, one, like, mid-level player exemption type guy, and then a, a, a couple other draft pick type guys or, you know, off-the-street free agents. What I'm getting at is the Kansas City Chiefs just won their second straight Super Bowl with a guy in Isaiah Pacheco who's good, who's a seventh-round draft pick who's getting paid nothing, getting paid less than a million dollars a year. You can win the Super Bowl without a premier running back, but also several of the premier running backs. I mean, who are, who are the top most talented running backs in the league? Christian McCaffrey's got to be there, right? Okay. His team just played in the Super Bowl. Christian McCaffrey's a little different too, though, because he is worth the money more because he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well, and he scores so many touchdowns. But even he, McCaffrey is the the, the gem of everybody's fantasy league. He scored all these touchdowns last year. He's a huge part of the Niners' offense. The next time he's up for a contract, he's also going to have a hard time getting paid. Not as hard as some of these other guys, but he's going to have a hard time getting paid. But if you're if you're Josh Jacobs having a career year, what has it meant to the Raiders? Nothing. They haven't won any game. They've been bad the last two years. When Josh Jacobs was a 1,600-yard rusher and when Josh Jacobs was an 800-yard rusher, you're a below 500 team. Saquon Barkley. Barkley had a... An impressive rookie year, rushed for 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns, had 1,000 yards the following season but missed some games. Then 2020, he had the season-ending injury and didn't do anything. And uh, he said, you know, 2022, he was good, 1,312 yards and 10 touchdowns. But what does it mean? Nothing. The Giants have been terrible. Now, some would say, okay, when he's not available, the Giants are even worse. But what does it actually mean to winning but more importantly, if you are demanding the maximum that a running back is going to get paid in the NFL, whether that's a, a single-year franchise tag that's twelve plus million dollars, or you want to get you know a more more long-term deal for let's say eight to nine million dollars a year, what is going to make a team give that to one guy? Because again, have you seen Saquon Barkley? Have you seen Derrick Henry? How about Josh Jacobs? Like these guys are as impressive physically as you can be. You can't be bigger, stronger, and faster than these guys. You can't. And they all got hurt. Bad. So bad bad injuries that cost them multiple games, if not huge portions of seasons, if not, in Saquon Barkley's case, several years ago, the entire season. So if these guys can get hurt at any time and you're going to have to find somebody else to put into the lineup... But also, if all you need is just that, you just need 100 yards a game, or you just need 1,500 to 2,000 rushing yards in a given season, 
Why wouldn't you just try to compile as many dudes as possible? I mean, who's been one of the best running teams in the NFL over the last several years? The Ravens. Do the Ravens have a feature back? No, they do not. They're rolling with, like, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins and, you know, on down the line. They, they've had so many different guys by committee. It's I know it's it's sad. It's hard for people to wrap their minds around. It, and there's also just the part where it's so much different than it used to be. It used to be, man, Walter Payton, Earl Campbell, Eric Dickerson. You are – what do these guys need to get paid? We're, we're paying these guys all the money because they're going to be the ones that lead us to the promised land. It's just not the case anymore. And I, I say it's sad, but there is no emotion involved in this. If you consider that the NFL is strictly a business, a for-profit business, a multi-billion dollar business in which most of the, the transactions that are being made are being made because the players, at least in terms of the business operation, are considered commodities. It sucks to say that you're commoditizing, you're, you're making a human into a commodity. That's... That's a weird thing to say, and it's a weird thing to spin. But from a pure business perspective, it's it's what you do. Like, if you are, from a pure business perspective, you should try to do the Jameer Gibbs thing like the Lions are doing. Draft a super talented guy while he's fresh and just ride him and then maybe give him one contract or maybe not because, again, he's replaceable. That's the other part is Miles Garrett is is not coming around all the time. There's just not a lot of 6'6", six, 300-pound six, guys that move and groove and are athletic like Miles Garrett. There is a bunch of 6-foot, 220-pound guys. There's a million of them, in fact. So you can find them all over the place. Maybe we'll extrapolate on this a little more later on down the line. We'll have our Class AA Spotlight, our Treasure State Stars, and we'll talk some NBA tomorrow as well. We appreciate you for tuning in. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks to Andrew Houghton for chiming in. And a thanks to all of you for always keeping it dialed right here to 1029 uh, ESPN Radio. We'll see you uh, tomorrow. Thanks so much for being here. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.